Oh no, did we miss our ship, Brad? Are we too late for the 80s cruise? I don't think so, Jen. I think that was the Star Trek cruise that just left. Right, right, Steve? Uh, Steve? See you on the 80s cruise next week, guys! Live long and prosper! Oh, I can't believe Spearsy is doing the Star Trek cruise and the 80s cruise. Yeah, what a total nerd. Yeah, you mean that in a good way, right? Like like Farmer Ted from 16 Candles? Yeah, no. Well, you know, he did this just to stick us with handling the commercial this week. Oh, yeah, let's get started. Cue the music. Join Spearsy and me on the 2018 voyage of the 80s cruise featuring our host, Rick Springfield, and performances by Loverboy, Lou Graham, Billy Ocean, Berlin, Mike and the Mechanics, Thomas Dolby, and many, many more. Don't forget the MTV VJs, Alan Hunter, Mark Goodman, and the coolest ever, Nina Blackwood. They'll all be there, too. So will your old pal, Grimace. Oh, no. Don't you want to give him a big old hug? Well, yeah, sort of. Anyway, Steve and I will be there hosting Big 80s Trivia again, and the best part is you can save $1,000 or more when booking your cabin if you use the promo code STUCK. Find out more at www.the80scruise.com or email us at podcast at sit80s. That's podcast at sit80s.com. Now Grimace says it's time to start the show. Ugh. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh-uh. And the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your pal, Steve Spears. And B-Rab. And today we tackle the topic of graduation in the 80s. I have only one thing to say to you today. It's a jungle out there. You gotta look out for number one. But don't step at number two. Also joining us... (laughs) Also joining us today, she's got more high schools under her belt than high school diplomas. It's Jen with one N. Hello, 80s nation. We are so happy to be here. It is graduation season. Uh, Brad is the most among us, the one who's had to deal with it the most recently, right? Didn't you have a graduation yeah. a few days ago? My kids graduated just a few days ago, and it was an absolute zoo to get in there. But, man, I got to tell you, it's a big high school class. It's like 750 graduates. Wow. 90 minutes in and out. Wow. 90 minutes. How did you never re- heard? I've never heard names read that fast. <laughs> That's impressive. How, how did you hold up? How did you hold up? That's what everyone wants to know. You know what? It was not the it was not the uh, emotional uh, experience that I thought it would be, or th- it could have been. I guess I was actually I was texting uh, Jen and Steve and Drew earlier in the day. I'd been I was ironing my kids' graduation robes because I'm the I'm the person who irons in the house, Aww. and uh, yeah, Katie avoids the iron like it's a you know 
the devil's tool, which I guess it is. Um, maybe she's just, that just shows how smart she is. She's totally uh, smart. Yeah, I was thinking I, that. I was doing that not smart enough to avoid me, but otherwise pretty clever. So I'm ironing them, and I got some music on, and the song from the mon- the dance montage in um, – the breakfast club comes on we are not alone and i'm listening to the lyrics to that and it's just like it just hit me my whole body was covered with goosebumps i was like oh no this is gonna be really hard but it turned out it was fine you know it's just it's a step it's an important step but i think you know everyone at my house sees the next step too so maybe you were anticipating being emotional so much that it didn't you know what i mean yeah, it, did, I think it my, didn't surprise I, you somehow. I think my Vulcan side just took over. I, I'm going to be a freaking mess when we drop these kids off at school, but we'll cover that later. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's funny. What, what, what made me think that you were going to lose it was Drew was messaging the entire time. Oh, I know. Talking about his experience. And I guess he was a blubbering mess. He was a mess. Yeah, that's what he said. And I don't think we're telling stories out of school. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I'm sure he's proud to. Family. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he, he had a graduation. Uh you had a graduation. I had a niece who graduated last week. I wasn't able to make it. I had to work, but I did get to see her a couple of days ago. She's starting school here in a couple of weeks here in Orlando, so that's kind of cool. That's great. But what we thought would be fun today was to look back onto the 80s, talk about some of the movies that featured uh, graduation scenes, and then uh, move on and tell you the stories of our own uh, personal graduations in the 80s. Uh, some happy, some sad, and you can guess whose are whose probably right now. <laughs> happy, right? sad. They're happy, sad. When you guys think about movies in the 80s that um, have graduation as a theme, which what ones pop to mind first? Jen? Uh, probably. And well, I, I watched this on the first 80s cruise um, because I couldn't help myself. But St. Elmo's Fire, which was 85, that one started with the gang graduating from college yeah. and then sort of w- went on from there. Right, right. The opening credits have them strolling away with their caps and gowns on. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. And then you see that picture. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it ends with that too, right? Like it sort of harkens back once they decide not to go to their local bar anymore because there's too many kids there. <laughs> yeah, it's been, <laughs> but I think it's it ends been eight with, months. I can't go there anymore. Exactly. They're all grown up now. But I think it, it, it does a, sh- a shot of the beginning when they're all graduating and they're all like one big happy family and the world was their oyster. What a terrible movie that is. Yeah. I lo- no, I mean, and I say that with, with love in my heart because I it, love to watch that terrible movie. It's, it's, it's one of the first movies I remember um, seeing that kind of showed life after college as being a bummer. And yeah. I remember I saw it with my friends and we went back and we sat in a driveway and just <laughs> stared at the asphalt for like 90 minutes going, is this really what's... I mean, because we'd all just started college, I think, at that point, or we were just yeah. about to. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, man. I mean, we just we thought the, we thought the world was our oyster. And right. uh, leave it to the Brat Pack to destroy that for us. But, well, I think uh, I was in junior high when this movie came out, so it was so far <laughs> in the future. We were kind of like, that seems pretty cool. <laughs> like, they're well, all still mostly Jeep. friends. <laughs> yeah. The, the the next year we get a much better movie that, that only uses graduation as a passing theme, and that's Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I love that. And movie. it's not about graduation at all, other than the fact that he never did graduate from college. Right. Possibly or he never attended. Yeah. 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 So you have that great graduation scene at the end, you know, where he finally gets to address the, the older students since he's still a freshman. Same year we get One Crazy Summer. And I bet people here have a mixed opinion of that movie. I know I, I'm not a huge fan of it, 
but it is John Cusack and Savage Steve Holland. Yeah. I don't even remember the graduation, honestly. All I remember is like lots of beaches, like them on the beach a lot. That's all I remember from that movie. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a kickoff, right? I mean, again, it's a it's a point from for the movie to leave from. It's right, not really right. a big piece of the plot. It's a punchline in the first 30 seconds of the movie. And then they have one crazy summer after that. Yeah, they have, apparently they have you. one crazy summer. <laughs> there was a weird movie that I bet none of us ever saw called Graduation Day. And it was a horror movie that came out in 1981. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> saw it. The only reason I found it was on Google. And the only thing it's notable for is that Vanna White has a small role in it. Um, her career on Wheel of Fortune wouldn't begin until 1983, so in 1981 she was still uh-huh. trying to make an honest living of it. Yeah, um, but this movie probably didn't help much. Well, you you know what my friends in the movie business say about horror movies? What you, you start making horror movies so you can stop making horror movies. <laughs> like like it's an entree. You do it to get a little cred and connect to people in the business, and then as soon as you can, you move into something else. Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. 80s Nation, if anyone has seen Graduation Day, could you write in and tell us about it and tell us what happens in it? I tried reading it online, but the information is kind of sketchy. So that, that leads us into like the big three now. I say that with <laughs> a, a bit of a smirk <laughs> because um, maybe the only great graduation movie out there is like uh, The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman from the, you know, the late 60s or whatever. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir. You. Plastics. Plastics, <laughs> Steve. Plastics. <laughs> that movie screwed me up too. But um, <laughs> uh, in 1982, <laughs> we got a movie, and we've used it as a punchline here before, and we've used it as a uh, name that uh, magical mystery moment type of a seggy. I give you Grease Two. Now, what is the best time of the month for a woman to <gasps> conceive? Mr. Uh, Jaworski. As Nogarelli. Mr. Nogarelli. As Goose. Mr. Goose. Uh, Ax Demucci. Mr. Demucci. What? Conceive. What is the best time? At night. This is one of my top three good bad movies ever of all time. This. <laughs> really is a stinker <laughs> it's really quite bad it's um of course it's the sequel to the late 70s greece right but um but instead of your john travolta and olivia newton john you get sort of a uh, a character swap so the 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 nerdy australian is actually maxwell caulfield who's super cute in this i might add um but he's sort of the australian fish out of water and then the cool gal i guess is a really beautiful i think michelle pfeiffer who sings i mean sings and she sort of sings and she sort of dances (laughs) that's kind of this (laughs) sums this movie up everybody sort of sings and sort of dances um the plot is really quite facile um (laughs) the songs are ridiculous i mean one of the songs is um reproduction and yeah, if you're, we, we if used I, that in the tri- one of the trivia um, presentations this oh, year on so the cruise. That's the only part of the movie I've bad. ever seen. Yeah, and it's got that song about bowling. If the, I mean, it's <laughs> We're going to bowl tonight. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And I, and I just personally, it's the first, it's not the first record I ever owned. That was Olivia Newton-John's Greatest Hits, which was a gift. It was the first record I ever bought 
which, well, actually my grandpa bought it for me because we were at the mall and he, we were at the record store and he said, any record you want, honey. So of course I grabbed <laughs> Grease too. But, um, as yeah, one does. A, yeah, as one does. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's. I don't know. There's nothing else like Grease 2, yeah. I must say. I like it. I, I agree with you that it's a good, bad movie. Um, my sister, who's four years younger than I am, she and I were just in love with Grease 2. I know she had the soundtrack. And so 1982, how old was she? I mean, geez, she's probably 10 or something like that. Younger, and maybe? I think I was about 10, Funny. Right, right. Yeah. So Might explain <laughs> a lot. We we were fascinated with it. We We did not care that it was a bad plot. You know, when you're a... Yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. When you can't even drive, this is as good a plot as you're ever going to get. Um, and I remember at the time, we were both fascinated because it had a character named Mr. Spears. Uh, Who was that? Do you remember? Was uh, he he's like a the teacher. You see, okay. him, you see him in the original Grease. He's in one scene and then um, complaining about the students that he has in his class. And then in, in Grease 2, he comes back allegedly after being on a extended leave for... Uh, yeah, nervous exhaustion or something like that. He's the biology teacher. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> does he sing that terrible song? No, no. He's he an older gentleman, and you see oh, him okay. a couple times, and he, um, at the very end of the movie, he falls into the pool. It's it's comedy at its worst, but that's what that's okay. I mean, we <laughs> that's didn't- That's kind of where that's coming from. We didn't ask for much more in the early 80s, and- um, It was still comedy. Yeah, and as far as graduations go, I mean, they had a kick-ass graduation. They had a hula, or not a hula, a, a luau. Yeah. Remember that song, Rock a Hula Lula? <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> yeah, so that was amazing. That was a... That was a it is. So kids, tune in next week for our big Grease 2 show. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could do it. I could string together a 30-minute Grease 2 show, so you better be glad that it's only appearing for like five minutes in today, because Jen and I will totally go Grease 2 while you're on vacation. Oh, yeah. We'll go Grease 2 all over you guys. Part one. Part Ew. two. So the other movie that I think <laughs> we all have mixed <laughs> feelings about. I know why I went to see it. I'll be curious to hear why uh, Jen went to see it. 1987, a movie called The All-Nighter. So I kind of made B-Rad and Spearsy throw this one in because I thought there will never be another opportunity for me to talk about this movie. Um, <laughs> we were speaking earlier of good, bad movies. This does not qualify because it's just bad. I mean, it's really bad. So it's uh, Susanna Hoffs is in it. Uh, Joan Cusack is actually in it too. Um, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, Dee Dee Pfeiffer is Michelle Pfeiffer's little sister. She's in oh, it. Huh. And it's, um, it's about the... I mean, it's an all-nighter, so it like takes course takes um, place over the course of twenty-four hours, right? And crazy okay. things happen, like they wind up in jail, and they are. I mean, just it's a very silly movie. But when you watch the opening credits, which I had the great good fortune to do today, um, it looks <laughs> like an '80s movie. It just does. I mean, the music is there, the the like pink titles and the font that they use. I mean, it just looks like an. It looks almost like a a parody of an 80s movie. That's yeah. what 80s it is. Oh, gosh, but I didn't know I... this. So um, Susanna Hoff's mother co-wrote wrote it and also directed it, which I didn't know at oh, the time. Interesting. Um, so a little factoid there. But what's funny is as I was watching the, the beginning of this movie today, the framing device is a documentary, which if you remember, this is a, slipping into the 90s here, but Reality Bites, they had that, um, Winona Ryder had her like little documentary and it was this, it's the same exact framing device as oh my gosh, that's really the funny. All Nighter. Yeah, I know. I'm like, did they 
take just like totally steal that from the all-nighter well there are only seven ideas available to hollywood so right truly exactly but i just want to um wrap up my i guess praise and quotes for this movie by saying it has a zero percent on rotten tomatoes that's about right yeah. But have you guys seen this? I saw Steve, it. Steve, you said you saw it. I saw it. I paid money for it in the theater, the maybe even on opening weekend. Oh, dear. Because it, it had was Susanna Hoffs. theaters for one and weekend. she yeah, was red hot. Yeah. I mean, the, the bangles were on top of the charts right then. She's the cutest bangle. That is not debatable. That and, is a fact. And the chance that you might get to see her in a bathing suit for even like 30 seconds. Here's my $7 or whatever it cost me. Right, and even though her mom directed it, like I recall her belly button a lot in this movie. Like yes. there were a, a lot they they used every excuse possible to like <laughs> bear some midriff and off skin. I I recall it was. It's Is this t shirt too small? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's dance around. <laughs> Let me reach up and replace this light bulb. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Reality Bites, it begins with graduation. And it, again, a device. I mean, a, a starting point. Yeah. Um, I think the one movie that we can all agree on as having the most developed graduation theme in it is from 1989. And so it's a longtime favorite here at Stuck in the 80s. And that's Say Anything. Giving a speech entitled Soaring Ahead, Miss Diane Court. The real world. We're all about to enter the real world. That's what everybody says. But most of us have been in the real world a long time. But I have something to tell everybody. I've glimpsed our future, and all I can say is, go back. So it's funny. I was thinking about this just the other night at my kid's graduation because in stark contrast to the uh, valedictorian speech at in the movie, the kids that did the, um, you know, the remarks or you want to call them, um, not the valedictorian, they actually had to audition. They were hilarious. They were <laughs> really good and everybody enjoyed it. And I'm like, you know, I guess that's one of the benefits of having a really big high school is there's going to be a couple of kids with charisma somewhere in there that know how to put together a, a speech. Well, in LA in particular. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this has the uh, extended scene at the beginning with the graduation, uh, and then the graduation party of all graduation parties. Oh yeah, I mean, and with where you see um, Eric Stoltz, who at one point this movie directed by Cameron Crowe, by the way, um, at one point Eric Stoltz had made some deal with Cameron Crowe that he would appear in any movie that Cameron Crowe wanted him to be in. So if you look back at the first like six or so Cameron Crowe movies. You will find Eric Stoltz in there somewhere, usually. You know, it's funny um, you would say that, Steve, because I made that exact same deal with Cameron Crowe, and he's just he's never <laughs> called me. I, I wonder he, if I wrote the phone number down wrong. He hasn't been making as many movies anymore, if, if that makes any difference, and rightfully so. This uh, movie is set in Seattle. It begins the um, Cameron Crowe's love affair with that city that would grow again in the early 90s when he did uh, Singles. And, of course, by this time, he's married to his wife, uh, Nancy Wilson, they've since divorced, but, um, you know, Nancy and, and, Anne at that time were, were living in Seattle and their mu- music took a, a Seattle sound. So there, it's kind of interesting to see the transition from the eighties to the nineties. And you really start to see it in the music of say anything. I'm incarcerated Spearsy. 
I love this movie. <laughs> it is I really just, good. Hey, well, you, you were saying, Steve, that it's one of the best. I mean, it is the best developed in terms of the graduation yes. storyline, but it's also the most, I mean, of all the movies it's, that we've discussed, um, is the most realistic, too. But I, I love the way, and I think, you know, Cameron Crowe was sort of at his the height of his powers with this movie, in my opinion. But, um, but the, the fact that, like, it just took its time, you know what I mean? Like, it took its time to be before graduation, and then you see the graduation, and then you see the party. Like, it all takes time. And, and I just thought, I still, to this day, find it so riveting. It's, I mean, it's probably not half the movie, but it's sure a big part of the movie. You know, yeah. it's at least maybe quarter. Yeah. Well, it serves a... It's it's actually a character in the movie, which is more than you can say for the other movies we've talked about. Definitely, um, and the scene I remember so well is the is the morning after, which is almost more memorable in real life graduation scenarios. But um, but when they're walking and they're still wearing the same clothes, she's wearing the same white prissy little dress that she had <laughs> the night before Diane Court, and they're walking along and and. Um, and and you know it's it, the sun's come up and and he kicks that glass out of the way as she's walking along and it just it's such a memorable scene and, and like nothing happens in that scene you know it's such a simple little yeah action yeah so here's the here's the part I've been waiting for ever since we came up with the idea for this show what are our personal um, memories of either high school or college you know pick yours in the eighties I mean Brad what was your but when you look back on your own graduation in the 80s, what was it like? What, what memory well, comes to mind? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this again. I was thinking about this a lot while I sat in the bleachers waiting for my kids to do their thing. And I don't have a lot of specific memories about the actual ceremony itself. I remember, you know, longtime listeners know I was in band, band geek. And so the band played before graduation. So I was with, you know, the band playing, whatever. And then we would go get ready to go graduate. And I remember we played... Um, do you know the Alan Parsons Project song, Time? Yeah. So, like, the entire flute section was just weeping while we're playing this. They're just all losing their shit. And I'm like, at the time, like, what is your problem? Like, get yourself together. This is not even, it's not the beginning, it's not the end, it's just something we're all going to do. Like, you know, don't even, you know, anyway, I just, at the time, I just was so disgusted with them. Like, give me a break. Vulcan bread. <clears throat> it just, uh, it's not something to get that worked up about. It's only ice. Can I ask you a quick question? What what instrument did you play? I'm sure you've said it before. I played bassoon. <laughs> See, that explains it. I know. Well, that, you played my... bassoon. Of course you did. I don't know why that's funny. Well, my dad was an oboe player. My dad was a double reed pr- professor at the university. So when it was time for band to start, it was like, hey, dad, I want to play trombone. He's like, that's interesting. Here's your bassoon. <laughs> that's really interesting. Here's your bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I did that for a while. I don't do that anymore. I'm recovered now. But, uh, yeah, so then afterwards, the high school I went to, I graduated out here in California, I guess. And this this story just seems so apocryphal, but we'll go with it. Uh, like years before somebody's daughter or some kid had died in a drunk driving accident on graduation night. And the parents of that kid had set up a foundation and funded it. And they had this big grad night party for the kids, for all, for all the seniors. And you basically, the deal was you came, you had to be there by, I don't know, 10 o'clock or something. And they locked you in. Like you couldn't leave until six o'clock the next morning. Oh my uh, God. So you couldn't be out carousing, getting drunk and driving into telephone poles. So, 
I mean, they had dancing, and they had a band, and they had entertainment, and they had food all night, and you know, that all, sounds fun. It was great. I had a great time. I had a lot of fun. I was there with all my friends, you know, my one year friends that I don't speak to anymore because I don't didn't make an impression on them much at all. But uh, I remember, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I remember as I was leaving, walking across the parking lot, and there was almost a physical sense that a door was closing behind me, like. Okay, that chapter is done, and now I'm I'm on to something else. Jen, what was your high school uh, graduation like? So, as B. Rad alluded to at the um, when he introduced me, I went to four different high schools. Just, oh my oh. god! Um, yeah, it was kind of shitty, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was okay too. I mean, it was fine. It was just sort of the experience that I had. But because I went to four different high schools, I never really had like a, an allegiance to any one of them. So that whole I just, to your school thing for the Beach Boys, you just like screaming yeah, Beach Boys. I wasn't. I just wasn't into it. And I wasn't much of a... I mean, I, I, I did well in the things I liked, like English and that kind of thing. But I was a yeah. total slacker. I mean, I was sort of... That was just my deal. But so... <laughs> So as, as a um, as a slacker, I was late for my high school graduation with my best friend that year, um, James. So James and I are like running, <laughs> trying to That's get funny. to the graduate. I was yeah. So I, in when I was a senior, I actually went there all, the whole year and half of my junior year. But I was in Las Vegas. But I do want to mention. Um, and I hope no one gets too mad. I graduated in 1991, so this isn't technically an 80s graduation. However, we'll allow it. Thank you. And and here here's this will this will get me in underneath there. It's uh our class song, which I did not vote for, was Forever Young. So not the nineteen eighty four original by Alphaville, I guess, but the but the eighty eight remake by Rod Stewart. Oh. And yeah. I, I right, that's exactly right. <laughs> I do I do hate that song. It's just so cliche and so I mean, apologies if that's your favorite song. But. I don't think that's a remake. I think that's a different song. Do you? Yeah, I don't know because I. Same it sounds name, very, but I don't. I think the it's lyrics still bad. are different. It's okay. Oh well, no, you're Either right. Way. You're right. You know what? Because one is like a cafe Olay song or something like <laughs> the, the Alphaville. You're right. The Alphaville one is like a song for like cars, and then at one point coffee. No, you're right. You're right. Um, I guess they're both bad. Yeah, but um, yeah. So it's not a remake, but it yeah, is but the, the Rod, Rod Stewart. Stewart one. Is way worse. Oh my god, oh, yeah, it's the worst. And remember. I you know what I think that made, became a car commercial too eventually, which is how it should have started <laughs> and ended. And, and not been my class song, yeah, but you know what? I didn't Cadillac. really care for high school, so it doesn't okay. really affect me too much. Okay, so we've had two happy graduation stories and Steve is yet to speak. So where do you think what's, things what's are going? <laughs> time, let's take it down a few notches, folks. Cue the sad music. So nineteen eighty five I graduate uh from Countryside High School in Clearwater, Florida and um the sad thing was the um, there was one big party that night, and it was being hosted by someone that I dated earlier in the year, and I dumped her for somebody else, and then I dumped her for somebody else, and so consequently, I was a persona non grata. Is that the phrase I'm looking for? I think that's exactly what I was about to say, yeah. Um, I was uh, not really uh, extended a formal invitation to the party of the year. So um, I didn't want to tell my parents that necessarily. Yeah. So they're like, "So what are you going to do tonight, Steve? You're going to go to a party with your friends. You're going to, you know, celebrate good times and your bright futures." I'm like, "Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Mom. That's what I'm going to do." And so I got into my uh, Mustang and I drove around town. And I drove by the house where the party was in, and oh, I killed. Oh, man, I Dude, killed you're about breaking my heart. 
I killed about two hours driving around listening to, you know, um, men at work and other weepy, you know, overkill, stuff like that. And then I just drove home and told him, oh, I had a great time. I didn't want to, you know, drink and drive, so I'm home early and, you know, that's all there is to it. Ugh. That's awful. Aww. I want to give you Did a big you hug right now. Huh? I never told my mom, no. Your mom. Well, next time she comes at you about the pizza, you can drop that one on her. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the meantime, there's something I'd like to drop on you. The Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is reader mailbag. Uh, this week we have a letter from Michelle in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Brad, take it away. Certainly, Mr. Spears. Michelle writes, hey, Stephen B. Rad. Yes, we do exist. Listeners of the female persuasion. I've been listening since the first few episodes with Gina. Mm, dang, Michelle has cred. In fact, I still look forward to every episode. I have to say that your current lineup of hosts and guest hosts is my favorite of all time. Aww. Michelle, you're pandering to us. And as I've said before, I love it. Keep it coming. She continues. I'm getting caught up, and I just listened to the last few shows, including the Mother's Day episode. I had to write in to say that you guys must be my brothers from another 80s mother, since my picks would also be Jenny Meyer from Better Off Dead and Julie's mom from Valley Girl. I so wanted a mom as cool as Sarah Richmond, but mine was way more like Jenny Meyer. And in a weird twist of fate, my 16-year-old stepdaughter is dating a boy named Lane. Oh, no. You can imagine all the quotes that come to mind every time I see him. It's pure torture to keep them to myself. A study in moppishness. (laughs) (laughs) I'll close with a PPTMN question for all three of you. Dun-dun-dun. Cue the theme song. Take it away, Brad. I will be attending my 30th high school reunion this summer, and it has me thinking. Is there anyone from your high school days that you want to see now just so you can show off how you turned out? Maybe a teacher who thought you'd never be successful, someone who bullied you, or an ex that dumped you. Inquiring minds want to know. Happily stuck in the 80s, Michelle in Springfield, Missouri. No, really, not like that Ed guy. Wow, that Ed Ed guy's awesome. That Ed guy's the greatest thing that ever happened to this show. It was definitely the most traumatic thing that's happened in the last few years. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's a good question. Um, Jen, you want to go first? Um, what, who yeah. would you uh, want to uh, see now? I would say maybe from my freshman year, I was going to high school in Hawaii. There was a very, very cute boy. He was a skater because all the cutest boys were skaters named Mike. I'll call him Mike M. So maybe I would say him, but I, I, I'm going to have a cornier answer, I think, Um I would say, my, so I graduated. I'm surprised to hear that from you, Jen. <laughs> when one answer just won't do, call Jen I with one answer. I can't decide. So I'm, I'm going to say very quickly, um, my buddy Lyle from my senior year in high school in Las Vegas, if you're keeping track, uh, he, we, okay, so I had a bit of a crush on Lyle for, for some of that year, and we were really good friends, and we like bagged groceries together at the local grocery store, and he used to give me a ride to school because we didn't live far from each other. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he, but he was a great this is, this is he a was a great guy and really funny and fun and wonderful, and I, and I, I realized he, you know he doesn't like me the way I like him, so we'll just be friends. But we, um, 
reunited on Facebook a few years ago and he's a teacher now and he's still in Vegas and just as funny, just as smart. And we were kind of going back and forth. And then he said, said a couple of things that made me realize, oh my gosh, he actually did like me, but never said anything. So it was kind of like, oh, you know, if it, who knows what, how things would have turned out if he had actually said something and we had actually, you know, become a couple of classic or dude behavior. Yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'll just end this little anecdote by saying we went to see Tremors together in the theater and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh, uh, <laughs> just the movie. Oh. Hey now, <laughs> I think, Lyle, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I mean, deep down, I've always thought that you were the person that they made the sure thing about. But uh, especially when it comes to movie theaters. But wow, oh. right? I'm going to have to come up with a good comeback, and uh, I'll catch you later on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, you you owe yeah, him one on yeah, that don't worry. one. My life is a is a payback already. I don't have a great answer to this, but I this is true. My high school biology teacher, Mr. Straub. He was a really great teacher. He taught me, taught us all how to take notes because at that point in our lives, you never knew how to properly take notes and stuff like that. And uh, he was also the chaperone that we had for this trip to Europe. Um, between your junior and senior year in high school, there was a trip that you could take that was sponsored by the junior college and by our high school. And if you went, you spent like two months in Europe and you got nine hours of humanities credit for it for college. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, I got to do it. And uh, one of my best friends at the time, Dave, got to do it too. And we went and we were complete animals. <laughs> we really we really took advantage of the system. I mean, the drinking age being not quite so enforced over there. I think the drinking age there yeah, is 11. So we so. – we thought that we hadn't broken every single rule, but then we found out that our third roommate that we had on occasion had drugs with him. So then at that point, we did have not broken every rule. Anyway, so Mr. Straub basically was going to send us home from Europe, but there's only, but there was only oh, like geez. two days left in the trip. He's like, it's not even worth it to send you home, but you're not allowed to touch alcohol for the next two days. And so we didn't. He's, I wouldn't say he gave me the cold shoulder as a, as a senior, but I sort of felt like I'd ruined my reputation with him. Anyway, fast, <clears throat> yeah. fast forward to, um, I think it was about six months ago. I'd been trying to find him on Facebook and whatnot. Cause I wanted to email him and let him know I turned out. Okay. <laughs> Relatively speaking for those who know all my other <laughs> stories. Um, and I did, so I finally found an email address for him and I, I sent him an email and told him that, you know, I was a, professional writer and journalist and I'd worked at the St. Pete times for all these years. And I, that I really appreciated his, his guidance back in the day and meant a lot to me that, you know, and stuff like that. And he wrote me back and said, you know, very polite to me, but then signed it like, you know, sincerely, Mr. Straub. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm 50 years old and I still have to call him Mr. Straub. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I had an impact on him or not. Um, but, uh, I, if there's anybody that I wish I could go back and prove that I turned out to be okay, it would be him. What about you, Brad? Okay, so I have to predate high school a little bit for this story, and I'll be quick. So when I was in junior high, um, you know, as as sometimes this happens, you uh, have a crush on another another person in your junior high class. I had a crush on this girl who sat right in front of me in English, as it turned out. And I guess maybe the like the crush waves were radiating off of me because the girl who sat behind me. Uh, one day was like, oh, you know, do you like you like her? And I'm like, oh yeah. It's like, oh, she really likes you. You should ask her to be your girlfriend. And I'm like, 
oh yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Like she let me copy her homework once, and she was nice to me in the lunchroom. So she obviously she is into me. So. Of course, I go charging in. All these signs are aligning. I go charging in and ask this girl, you know, will you be my girlfriend? And she just humiliates me. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I just was so, so stung by this, right? And so this girl that sat behind me, oh, I hate that. I hate her. I hate her. And just, you know, all through high school, I just, I hate this person. And, I, you know, anytime we I, we had reunions, I would always go. She never showed up. But I was always, you know, at the 10, at the 20, at the 30, just hoping she would show up so I could just, just, just well, I found out two weeks ago she passed away. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. And I immediately just felt like an absolute turd. Like, why have I spent all this energy on this all these years? I can't be the only person carrying around stuff like that from junior high. You got to let that stuff go, man. <laughs> you got to let that stuff go. So I just, now I feel terrible about it. I like, why do it? I don't know. I can't even explain it. I just spent all this personal energy on something that I'm sure she never even thought about it again, but I've just been like, this little ball of hot anger for what? How old am I now? You know, like 30 something years. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, so. I don't think that was. I don't think that those were fifty-year-old Brad feelings. I think those were thirteen-year-old no, Brad. No, no, you know what I very, mean. Like, very much so. Very much so. But I just like. Uh, I, I'm a little. I guess I'm a little embarrassed or ashamed of myself for feeling that way for that long, for you, not letting go of it, for for having for having to have this person pass away with young kids. And oh god. So oh. Do you feel closure now? Well, I feel like I learned a lesson. I don't know that I ever get closure because I'll always be embarrassed when I think about this girl. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so. kind of the point of this podcast is sometimes people just don't get closure. And sometimes they're the hosts of the show. <laughs> we'll just keep talking about it until it yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, it ain't just a podcast, folks. It's also group therapy. <laughs> There's a certain amount of truth to that. Um, as always, we love your PPTMN questions. Send them to us at podcast at sit80s.com. Uh, don't forget to put PPTMN in the subject line so we can find it easy. In the meantime, let's move on to another Seggy. Ah, time for mystery TV theme song. I, or something along those lines. Because we can't find it. I want my MTV. It's why I want my MTV. Okay, we'll go with that. That's what I thought was. Yeah. I we'll thought go with that. I like that. I like Brad says it's I Want My MTV. This is a segment where we play a snippet of a theme song from a TV show in the 80s. If you can get it right, you are um, entered into the drawing for a piece of swag. I did finally uncover all my 80s cruise truckers hats, but I think they're all spoken for. So you're pretty much looking at um, oh my gosh. silicon bracelets <clears throat> and rubber bands. Model exactly. Pay attention. Here was the mystery TV theme song from our last episode. That's Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I love this TV show. Can I say that? I know it's not strictly an 80s show. I mean, it started in the late 70s, but still. 
Oh yeah, so I love this nerdy. show. I'm so wrapped. I'm, I'm taking my nerdiness like a big fur coat and wrapping it around me. Mini, 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 mini. Good yes. one, Spearsy. Yes, it is. I used yes. to get it confused with Battlestar Galactica. Uh, well, yeah. they're both also uh, also way. have females in strong roles. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Aaron but, Gray was TV's first female colonel. Was she? Actually, that's probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should should have held firm. Aaron Gray was TV. Aaron Gray was TV's first sci-fi female colonel. Probably. Anyway, uh, Brad, read the winners. Winners this week include Mike C. in Maryland, Aaron in British Columbia, Scott in Colorado, Mark in Brandon, Florida, David Sinti, the man known only as Rowan. Rowan is Jeremy back. Rowan is back. I know. How do you like them apples? Nevertheless, we continue. Jeremy in St. Pete, Canuck in Cali, Peter Ryan in Montreal, David Sensei, Tom Quotless in Austria, Tim in Toadsuck, Chris Cooling from Forgotten TV, Carlos Hernandez in St. Louis, and Todd in Minnesota. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. In the meantime, Brad. You ready? Do that thing that you do. I'm all oiled up. And the lucky winner is going to be, oh my God, how, how could this be? It's the man known only as Rowan. Excellent. Fantastic. I wonder uh, if the man known only as Rowan, Rowan is willing to share his only address. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to do now, Rowan. You're going to have to send us your snail mail address so we can send you something. Anyway, that's all we have for this week. If you are enjoying the shows, don't forget to go to iTunes and write a short review for us. Give us give us that five-star review that we know you want to give us so badly. Uh, don't forget um, to uh, check out our sponsor, HelloFresh.com. If you use the promo code RADICAL30, you can save $30 off your first order. I just made some food tonight from uh, HelloFresh. Amazing. In the meantime, uh, graduation. If you know the story behind that one movie, please let us know. Because we will actually print your review on the blog if you want to write one. In the meantime, uh, Brad with his happy graduation stories, Jen with her happy graduation stories, and me in my mournfulness. We remain here hopelessly together, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. You're in a good mood. I've been eating vegetables lately, I think. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>